Welcome to the Davy Tree Expert Companies podcast, Talking Trees. I'm your host, Doug Oster. Each week, our expert arborists share advice on seasonal tree care, how to make your trees thrive, arborists' favorite trees, and much, much more. Tune in every Thursday to learn more, because here at the Talking Trees podcast, we know trees are the answer. I'm joined this week by Josh Rongesh. He's a district manager in the Omaha office of the Davy Tree Expert Company. How you doing, Josh? Uh, very good, Doug. Um, nice, nice, brisk morning here. Well, that's that's leads me right into our topic, all about ice, snow, and frost care for trees. I guess uh, the first place to start would be after a, a big snow is safety when you're walking into those trees, right? For sure, for sure. Um, yeah, anytime we get a, a snow, a, an ice storm, any of those things, that's adding um, excess weight to the trees. Um, the, the last thing you want to be out there is, is getting getting up under those trees until uh, you know some of that snow ice has melted away, and you can start seeing where where some defects are because they they most likely will be there. Well, I got a lot of evergreens, and when we do have a big wet snow, I always wonder. Should I be trying to knock it off the tree or do I leave it be? Honestly, just leave it be. I mean, th- these trees have been evolved for, for millions of years to have snowfall on them and stuff. They're, they're flexible. They're designed to have that. Will you get an occasional broken branch if we have, you know, some of these really heavy snows? Certainly. But um, getting out there and shaking the snow off is, is absolutely something that doesn't need to be done. In fact, it, it could um, do little bits of damage to the tree in the process. So definitely something we don't recommend doing. So it's always scary when we get one of those ice storms a couple times a year and I see that tree basically surrounded by a quarter inch of ice, same thing, do I do I let nature take its course? Sure, sure. Um you, you kind of have to at that point. Um by the time that ice storm has come through and and it's just coated on everything, there really isn't much to be done. Um most of the the work needs to happen before that ice storm comes through. And uh, that to give that tree as best protection as possible. But once ice hits, you just let it melt. Let nature do its thing. Then we can go out and and do your your safety check and health check. Now in the east here, we had a a terrible cold spell where we had wind chills below minus twenty something. Again, is that something maybe I should have thought about before it was coming for my trees or? Uh, I- you know, when when you're talking temps of getting that low, um, any type of protection you can you can give is definitely um, going to be welcomed, uh, especially for younger, smaller trees. That that's uh, you know where you have a chance to maybe do some bark wrapping or um, get some water down first. A lot of uh, you know just having some moisture in the soil can make a huge difference during some of these. Uh, you know, cold events, but, um, yeah, when those once in a, a, you know, 10, 20 year storms come through and you get the super, super cold type temps, um, you know, just, yeah, being preventative, get some blankets out, wrap, wrap some, some trunks, um, little things like that can go a long way. So let's put you in that position. Uh, minus 20 is coming. Tell me about wrapping the bark is there anything to it what 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 am i using to do that and and how do i do it sure so um there's honestly any material works um you can go to the you know your local nursery and buy the 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 tree wrap stuff which is you know just kind of like a paper card cardboard insulation type thing you can use a a, you know a blanket a sheet and anything that will just kind of help 
um, insulate that that trunk from the the cold temperatures. Um, how to do it? Really, just you just it literally like it says a trunk wrap. Just wrap it around the trunk. You don't want it to be you know too tight by any means, but just starting at the the base level all the way up to about the first branching level, and uh, just give it a good good layer of insulation. That's all it needs. Now I know you can't diagnose this by me just telling you this, but give me your thoughts on this. Uh, when we had that event and it got that cold, some of the toughest evergreen trees and shrubs like hollies look absolutely awful. And I've been getting lots of questions about that. And my theory is, <laughs> hey, they'll come back. They're tough as nails. It got cold. But when you hear that, is that something you have to look at? Is it case by case or is there a generality there? Um, again, there's a little bit of both. Uh, a big genera- generality is the evergreens you mentioned. Um, when the temps get that cold, they definitely can have some freeze damage. Um, especially if there's, you know, mixed in with some drought and there's not a lot of moisture in that, uh, in their system, um, that plus those really cold temps, you're going to see some freeze damage on, on the evergreens. Um, will they come back? Um, that's the million dollar question. You know, how healthy were they? Um, can we get some, some moisture back into the soils? Can, you know, maybe a little fertilizer, um, how healthy were they going into the storm event makes a huge difference. Um, so a lot of things like that, uh, can really, decide what's going to make it and and not after the, you know, those cold ones. But well, I want to step back on watering and from hosting this podcast, I didn't realize the importance of water before you get this, this cold weather. Uh, and especially, I guess for evergreens, right? If the ground isn't frozen and you're, and you have severe cold weather coming, as you said, get some water on them, right? Oh, yeah. Um, again, knowing the forecast, if you know you're going to have uh, some days of cold weather, um, give give your trees a good soaking. Um, if, if you don't have frozen ground, I mean, heck, even if you do, I know it's not always easy to get a lot of water out to you know some trees in the wintertime. But um, even just if you're able to fill up a five gallon bucket, you know, and, and take it out and do that two or three times around, um, especially the, the newer trees, the ones that don't have the, the nice established root zones. Um all trees need it, but it is those younger ones that that absolutely need need some of that through the the cold weather just to make sure they can pull through. But um, water, and then if you're able to put a little bit of mulch down or some some leaf debris or just some type of insulation to kind of keep uh, keep those surface roots from from sustaining too much frost damage. You know, and winter is a good time to mulch, actually, right? But uh, of course. <laughs> Whenever we talk mulch, we talk, have to say mulching the right way. Um, yes, honestly, mulch is, is good any time of the year. It, winter is a great time to j- just put fresh mulch down. Um, but uh, as long as you have that layer of mulch, it, it makes a big difference. And as far as doing it correctly, yes, there is there is absolutely a right way to, to mulch. Uh, what uh, we don't want to see is the volcano mulch. You don't want to pile a mountain of mulch all the way up to, you know, the trunk of the tree. You absolutely kind of want to, the opposite of that, a bit of what's kind of called a, a little bit of a crater and then taper it back two inches, two and a half inches of mulch is, is ideal. Um, right when you get up close to the trunk of the tree, have that be closer to maybe an inch, inch and a half. Um, but at the end of the day, as long as you're getting some mulch down on the soil, um, that's, that will help out significantly. 
Okay, tell me what happens if I'm driving along in a car with you and you see this big area and they're volcano mulching huge oaks up six feet on it. What what am I going to hear? Um, if you're riding with me, you're going to hear a big ugh again. Because um, <laughs> un- unfortunately, in this day and age, it is still something that is far, far too common to see. And uh, will absolutely uh, have major health implications for that tree in the future uh, as far as... Uh, you know, it, it's lifespan and stuff. So um, the, the fact that it is still seen so common and we have to have these podcasts and even talk about it, um, when it, it should absolutely just be common knowledge for anyone in the landscaping industry planting a tree. Um, not to be doing that is is very unfortunate. Um, but um, all we can do is just keep trying to educate as many people as possible. So it's not just, uh, you know, your local arborist who gives the, the uh, sigh when he sees all those newly volcano mulched trees along the roadway. You know, when you have a new client and you see that they volcano mulch, they don't know any better. They've seen it all over the place. They think it looks great. Do you get much blowback or do they, do they listen to you and say, oh, this, oh my gosh, I can't believe I was doing that. Sure. Well, so... Uh, you know, a lot of time, if it was if it was the homeowner who went and, and dug the hole and planted the tree and did the mulching all themselves, um, you know, a, 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 a quick conversation usually is all that takes. And then they kind of understand that. All right. You know, you're the professional. I, you know, I just bought this tree at Home Depot two hours ago. So um, <laughs> it's it's the the landscape companies, the the other professionals out there in the industry that are unfortunately the ones that are still responsible for a lot of this volcano mulching going on. and. Uh, just, you know, like I said, you just got to have the homeowners know because a lot of times, say, a landscaper did come in and plant that tree and do that volcano mulching. Homeowner didn't know any different. Um, that tree, you know, if he doesn't have his, you know, an arborist out there, anybody come out and tell him any different, that tree is going to gonna suffer. Well, here's another example why it's important to have a certified arborist come to your property. And I see this a lot on on the east, over the east here. Over the years, our zone has changed. We have a warmer, and so people look at that zone, in my case, zone six, and they start looking for trees, and they're like, oh, wow, I can plant this now. You might think so, but when you get a, a, a event where you've got three days of minus 20, we I see a lot of loss that, that way. So choosing trees when it comes to winter is super important, right? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, like you said, with the, the changing environment we're, we're having and uh, what's a zone six could be a zone seven, you know, zone fives now, you know, um, we just don't know. It, it seems to me like we're having very extremes on both sides of the spectrum. So uh, it, it's hard to say, you know, planting outside of what you're, you're zoned in right now is uh, a, a wise idea. Um, but it it is changing. It absolutely is changing. Um, we just, we don't have any idea of where it's going to finish up at, but with the extremes, both warm and cold drought, um, getting a tree that is, that is maybe native to, to an area. Um, I would not be looking into going too exotic as far as getting too far out of your, your zones, even though yes, uh, it is changing. Well, uh, over here, Leland Cypress is a pretty tough tree but you get to that temperature and i see it everywhere uh blue atlas cedar uh again where when you 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 might have had it for 20 years uh you know and 
barely making it through the winter, but then you get an event like this and you'll end up walking out in your yard and start crying. Oh yeah. No, absolutely. Um, yeah, again, it's those evergreens. Uh, you know, I spent some time down in Dallas and they have uh, Italian cypress there and, uh, same thing when they had that really bad freeze snow, um, a year or two ago, just, just wipes them out. And, uh, there's unfortunately there's just nothing you can do about it um when you know these kind of exotics are in areas they shouldn't necessarily be um it, it, it's it's bound to happen but evergreens alone uh they're, they're gonna get frost damage especially when you get those just negatives that uh, are are they're just not used to it so and i want to step back in what you said there which i think is really important native trees yeah, uh, you know they're from your specific area. They've been there forever, and they can take these extremes that we're getting, right? Oh, sure. Um, you know that that's it's just how they've evolved. They've they've been growing in that environment and that type of soil and that type of you know wind and sun and, and snow conditions for you know uh, thousands of years. So uh, they're they can handle those a lot better than if you're, I mean, that's why you're not planting palm trees, you know, cause they're just, you, you know, they're not going to make it. Um, you just don't got the environment for it. So, uh, you know, just, just natives are hard to beat. It is also nice to get some, some of the exotics in there just for some of the diversity. But if you're a homeowner and you're planting a tree in your yard that you plan to, you know, watch your grandchildren play on, um, going with something that that is native to that area is is always a good idea all right let me put you on the spot then in your area talk about some natives that you love when you can find the right spot for them um so out here uh again we in 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 this midwest iowa nebraska area um we can have some pretty harsh winters um i love the you know the burr oaks uh, again, I think they just have, uh, they have the longevity the the growth, um, they're just a, a, a good all around tree for this area. And then, um, you know, that some of these varieties of red maples are, are quite, quite brilliant too, to have that, that fall color. Um, and then, you know, just get down to the basics, the, the locusts, but yeah, that, that's where I would go oak and then, and then red maple, um. You know, ginkgo obviously is another one of my all-time favorite trees. Those do pretty well here in this area. All right. So which one of those ginkgos am I not supposed to get? Female or male? I can't ever remember. <laughs> the the female one is the one you want to avoid. Um, that's the one that's going to have the fruit that uh, does not have the most uh, pleasant odor to it. So Beautiful fall color, though, and tough as nails. Oh, yeah. No, again, great tree. And then you only have to rake once because when the fall time comes, they turn gold for two days and then they all drop the next day. So um, nice, nice when it comes to raking the leaves. Well, tell me a little bit about how you got into this. Why was this job right for you? Um, <laughs> so honestly, it was just kind of something I fell into. Um, got a got a job with a little tree company out of high school, uh, just kind of a summer thing. I was a PHC tech. And uh, I did that for, for two, two or three summers. And then uh, Davey actually acquired them. So um, Davey wanted to bring me on. I was, you know, still kind of a, a young kid. And, um, you know, and then I just kind of ran with it at that point. So uh, just I've been with Davey now 16 years. Um, just 
learned and grew and uh, just kind of fell in love with it as the, the years went on. I hear a lot of arborists tell me how much they love working outside, but what about working outside in the winter? <laughs> um, again, I'm, I, I grew up in Colorado. Um, I don't mind a little bit of the cold, but uh, this, uh, this Midwest cold is, is a little, little different sometimes. Um, just that little bit of humidity and stuff, it, it gets cold. So yeah, um, not the best in, in the wintertime by any means. But uh, yeah, the, if, if you don't like being outside and can't handle a little hot, a little cold, um, obviously this isn't the, the job for you. But yeah, that is one of the things that I absolutely um, loved when I first got into this was being outside all the time. Um, winter months, not as much, but still, I'd much rather do that than sit behind uh, you know, a screen all day. Well, tell me a little bit about when you are out there in these relationships that you build with your clients. I always, I always like to talk to arborists about this, You're kind of a tree doctor, you know, and we care so much about our trees on our property, most people anyway. Tell me about the feeling of being able to go there and scientifically diagnose the issue and in hopefully many cases make a fix. Um, yeah, yeah, certainly, Doug. I mean, that is probably one of the most beneficial things, you know, about, about this is um, going and being able to, to save a tree. You, you are right when you kind of call us tree doctors. That is what we are. You got a sick tree, a tree that's going to die if nothing gets done to it. And um, if, you know, you're, we're able to come out and do the right treatments and the, the right fertilizing, maybe a little trimming, get the bugs killed, whatever it is. And um, two, three, four years down the road, that tree is flourishing. Um, that is, that's just a great feeling to have. And then on the, the client aspect of things, I mean, that is someone that, um, you know, hopefully we can take care of that tree for the next 20, 30, 40 years of its, of its lifespan. It's uh you know, and get to watch it grow that, you know, I've, like I said, I've been doing this 16 years. I've kind of bounced around to some, some different offices in that time, but, uh, you know, being able to see a, a tree, tree grow over time is, uh, pretty, pretty, pretty neat. They're all like, for lack of a better term, little, little children that you get to watch grow up over time. So. Well, I'm going to leave it right there, Josh. That is good stuff. I love that. Uh, I appreciate all your time and great information about uh, snow, ice, and some cool native trees, too. Thanks again for coming on the podcast. Yeah, absolutely, Doug. Appreciate you having me on. Tune in every Thursday to the Talking Trees podcast from the Davy Tree Expert Company. I am your host, Doug Oster. Next week, a fascinating topic with arborist Dan Blazer the difficult dance of intervening with nature. I'm really looking forward to that. I hope you'll join me. And do me a favor, subscribe to the podcast so you'll never miss an episode. And if you've got an idea for the show, some feedback, or what's your favorite tree, let me know by sending an email to podcasts, that's plural, at davy.com. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S at D-A-V-E-Y dot com. And as always, we like to remind you on the Talking Trees podcast, trees are the answer. <laughs>